Hallelujah. Glory to God. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. God evening. Amen. The only thing better than a good evening is a God evening. Amen. Amen. Get your pen, get your paper, get your Bible together. Amen. We've already prayed. Amen. And we've already released the Holy Spirit to be our teacher tonight. Tonight I want to continue on this subject that we've been talking about, adjusting perverted scales. Because I, I see what God is doing. God is fixing the way I see me so that he can fix the way that I deal with people. Yeah. Amen. 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 He's fixing the way that I see that I see me so that I can fulfill the assignment that is on my life. Last week I said that as a believer, God is not fixing you. God is not fixing you as a believer. He's fixing the way you see you. Amen. That's why it says in Colossians chapter 2 verse 10, Joshua says this. It says, and we are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Amen. Amen. So it, it, God is not fixing me. The work that God is doing on me is not fixing me. It's fixing how I see me. Amen. Amen. So I want you to write. We're going to go into part six of this. And we entitled this, I Got the Goods. Now I know that, that's, that's not good grammar. Amen. Amen. It's not grammatically correct. Amen. If I'm going to say that, I should say, I have the goods. Amen. But I wanted to say it like that on purpose because I wanted some attitude involved in it. Amen. Come on, somebody say, I got the goods. I got the goods. Come on, say it. I got the goods. I got the goods. Amen. Yeah, you got the goods. Glory to God. You can even sing it like Chris was doing. Amen. <laughs> you know, as I was studying this, as I was um, going through this series, I began to realize that uh, I believe that most believers have a twisted, contorted view of God. I mean, and I, and I believe it's really affecting how they see themselves. Amen. When it's affecting how they see themselves, it's affecting how they approach life, how they fulfill their assignment, and how they deal with other people. Many times we fail to see God as strategic because we see him as spontaneous. Listen to what I just said. Many times we fail to see God as strategic because we have a twisted view of him and we see him as spontaneous. This confused view of God has caused me to picture God reacting and not arranging. Glory to God. I like that part right there first. Lady. I like that part right there. Because I picture God as spontaneous and not strategic, I am picturing God reacting to what's going on in my life, going on in my life and not arranging what's going on in my life. Somebody say amen. So we attempt to fulfill our assignments with this view until we run into problems. Once we run into problems, then we run to God and we expect God to give and to send something or to do something or to come in and get involved as if he hadn't been involved the whole time. <laughs> Hallelujah. This mindset causes us to have a consciousness of what we don't have is deceiving. It's delusional. It's stopping us from going forward and progressing in the thing that God called us to do. Because when we run into a problem, because God is spontaneous and not strategic, reacting and not arranging. When we run into a problem, we stop what we're doing, run to God and expect God to get involved in something that God has been arranging the whole time. Hallelujah. So that's what I want to talk about tonight. 
I want to talk about the provisional aspect of God. Now, we've been talking about in Genesis chapter 1, starting at verse 26, all the way through verse 31. We've been talking about these were things that God was speaking into man. Not just speaking to man or about man, but he's programming man to function or to think a certain way or to have a certain consciousness about certain things. And he's speaking. So, so far we've dealt with that God has spoke into us our self-picture. God has spoken to us our specific method of operation. He spoke into us our authority and our responsibility called dominion. He spoke into us that we are blessed. We attract big stuff. And now tonight, I want to tell you that he spoke into us and he said this, we lack nothing. We lack nothing. Come on, say that with me. We lack nothing. Write down this first point for tonight. As a matter of fact, first point. This this is my only point for tonight. I don't I don't have I got I got all these scriptures to deal with this one point. I don't I don't have multiple points tonight. I only have this first point tonight, Lewis. And this is what it says. God has calculated and fulfilled my needs before I started the assignment. God has calculated and fulfilled my needs before. Amen. If we get some volume adjustment over here, that'd be good for me. Amen. Hallelujah. God has calculated and fulfilled my needs before I started the assignment. Now, remember what I said, that God is not spontaneous. Oh, yeah, he has it. Amen. Glory to God. You remember what I said, that God is not spontaneous. God is God is strategic. So God is not reacting to what's going on in my life. God is arranging what's going on in my life. Somebody say amen. 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 Now, with that being said, first lady, watch, watch how this works. Now I understand that, that, that before God gave me the assignment, when God gave me the assignment and before I got started with it, that God had already taken into mind, calculated and put into the, to the equation what I was going to need. Not only did he take into mind what I was going to need, he fulfilled it. Right. All before I got started. I didn't start walking on this assignment until God had already took into consideration what I was going to need to fulfill it and him fulfilling that so that make sure that I can do what I was assigned to do. Same thing is with you. That God has not got, you have not gotten started on anything that God has put in your life until God first took into consideration she's going to need this. And then fulfill the need and then you got started. So read the point back to me if you would. Feel my knees before I started the assignment. Turn to Genesis chapter 1. Turn to Genesis chapter 1. Now we've been working our way from verse 26 all the way down. Now we're in verse 29. Verse 28 said, And he blessed them and he said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Amen. That's what he told them in verse 28. Now we're on verse 29. Watch this. I, I, I like the scripture in verse 29. It pointed out something to me, Chris. Watch what it said. And God said, And God said, Somebody saying God said. God said. And God said. So God is still speaking into us. God is still speaking into us, Josh. Watch what he said. And God said, behold, I have given you. That's the first thing God wants us to understand. Now, first God said that I gave you, you're in my image. You operate like me. You have responsibility called dominion. You are blessed. You attract big stuff. But now I need you to know that I already gave you everything. And God said, I have given you got it? So watch this. And God said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of the earth and every tree in, in, on the part of the face of all the earth and every tree in which is the fruit of tree yielding seed. 
To you it shall be for meat. Somebody say, that's my food. Well, listen to what he just said. I have given you plants and fruits to make sure that you have something to eat. You got that, Chris? I have given you plants and fruits to make sure you have something to eat. Verse 30. And to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life I have given Every green herb for me, and it was so. Verse 29 and verse 30 said this. When I was when I was reading, this is what it said. It was simple. God gave man physical food to sustain him as he fulfilled his assignment on earth. Now remember, his assignment on earth is to represent him and to extend his kingdom in the earth. That's his assignment. Now he can't do that unless he get a body. Turn to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. The only way that he would be legally authorized to have dominion in the earth, he would need a body to function in. That's why Jesus said this, Kevin. The first thing Jesus said was prepare me a body. If you get me a body ready, I can do what you called me to do. Amen. Amen. I need a body so my spirit can live in that I can fulfill what you called me to do. Now, verse 29 and verse 30 said that God gave us physical food. Somebody say God gave us physical food. For my physical body. Now watch this in verse 7. Chapter 2 verse 7 and it says this. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Now let me tell you in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 man didn't start living. Man was already living in chapter 1 verse 26. When God said let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion. Look at verse 27 of chapter 1. Chapter 1, verse 27 says, so God created man, that's an E-D on there, in his own image, and male and female created he him. So God already made him and was done with him in chapter 1, verse 27. In chapter 2, verse 7, Josh, man gets a body. In this body, now God begins, God blows his spirit, the spirit of man into this body. Man then begins to develop and become a living soul. So now you have a spirit living in a body, possessing a soul. He cannot fulfill his assignment. Miss Cheryl, he can't do what God called him to do if he don't get this body. And he cannot do what God called him to do if his body don't get what it needs to continue to live. So the body needs food in order to live. But man needs the body in order to fulfill his assignment. Well, go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 29. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed and which is upon the face of all the earth. Well, hold up. He didn't get a body until chapter 2. God has already given him food in chapter 1 when he don't even need it until chapter 2. Yeah. Glory to God. That's good right there. Did y'all see that? Yeah. Now, so in chapter one, God is thinking, okay, he has to fulfill the assignment. He's going to need a body. This body is going to need food. Let me go ahead and supply his need, calculate his need, fulfill his need now. And then when we get in chapter two, we'll get him started on it. Yeah. So God didn't wait until the need came up. He fulfilled the need before you even started the assignment. Amen. Amen. So now he's speaking to man and he's telling him this, that God fulfilled the need before. And look what he said in verse 29. Read it out loud. And it reads. And God said, say it loud. 
What's that word? Say it again. Behold. That means look and see. So look what God is saying. And God said, I gave you dominion. I've given, I made you in my image. I've made you in my likeness. I've blessed you. I've called the anointing to be on you to attract big stuff. I got all of that. Now I need you to see something. I need you to see that I have already given you what you need. I need that to be the thing that is in your mind. That whenever you run into a need, you can see that God has already supplied it. He's already provided it. He's already given you what you need. You might not see it. You might not know what it is. You might not know how to operate it or release it. But it don't mean that God didn't already do it. I need you to see that. Because you, if you don't see that, you're going to get started on your assignment. You're going to run into a problem. And then you're going to drop your assignment to try to get your need fulfilled. When God already took in consideration that you were going to need that before you got started. Yeah. Amen. 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 So watch this. Now David knew it best. David knew it best. David knew it best. There's nobody that knew it better than David. David, David said this. Well, I'm not going to say nobody, but David, David wrote it best over there in Psalms 23 and verse 1. We call it the 23rd Psalms and we always quote it. But look what David said. The Lord is my shepherd. Watch what go with him being my shepherd. I don't get a chance to develop a need. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. I don't want for nothing. I don't lack nothing. But because he's my shepherd, he makes sure that I have whatever I need at that moment. That comes with being my shepherd. I'm trying to get us to the place where we begin to understand that God has called us to something, but God has also begun to work and fulfill the need before we even get started on what God has called us to. They said, the Lord is my shepherd. And because he is my shepherd, I don't have a consciousness of being without. Glory to God. Ooh, that's good right there. So watch this. Turn to, turn to Psalm 34. David said, I don't even get a chance to develop a consciousness of lack because I'm so focused on his provision. You know, the majority of the time we struggle. We struggle in our walk, Minister Ingrid. We struggle in our walk because we struggle in our head. Amen. We struggle in our walk because we struggle in our head. We struggle in our assignment because we struggle. We struggle in our marriage because we struggle in our head. All, all of this battlefield that we're talking about is taking place in the mind. And Satan is, is, is deceiving with lies. He's making us delusional. He's giving us lies saying, you don't have, you don't have, you don't have. And you get so caught up on what you don't have that you miss out, that you're not even focused on God being the supplier of everything that you need to fulfill what he called you to. And if I don't have it at this moment, it must not be attached to my assignment. Somebody say amen. 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 So I get so caught up on what I don't have compared to what somebody else do have that I miss out on God being the supplier of all my need. So I don't see him as that. And I begin to develop in my heart this covetous, prideful position of wanting stuff that everybody else got because I don't and, and I don't get to embrace and enjoy what I do have. Many people leave their relationship because they expect to get something else from somebody else that they didn't develop in their own house. So God is saying, watch what God is saying. God is saying, I gave you an assignment, which means I gave you had a need. I fulfilled it before you got started. We're going to look at it in scripture. I told you to turn somewhere. Psalms 34, verse 10. Psalm 34, verse 10. Woo, teach all the ghosts. Psalm 34, verse 10. Amen. You got to shout, whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. 
Watch what he say in verse 10. Verse 10. Watch what he says. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. That's a scripture you should put, you should add into your, 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 your artillery. You know, you need certain bullets to work with in your gun. Hey Amen. That's one you should put in your bullets right there. Come on, say it with me. Say, I seek the Lord. I seek the Lord. And I don't lack. No good thing. Amen. Glory to God. Everything that God has given me is good. Everything that God has blessed me with is good. And because of this assignment, I don't lack nothing. They that seek the Lord. Now the word seek, I do have a definition for you. The word seek, watch what it means. It comes from the Hebrew word darash. Darash. Watch what it means, Lewis. It means this. The first definition is four different definitions for darash. Actually, it's more than four, but it was four listed in the uh, Bible, Bible hub. Watch what it says. The first one means to call upon. To call upon. So the scripture can be uh, recited like this, Nakisha. It can be said that they that call upon the Lord lack no good thing. They that call upon the Lord lack no good thing. Here's the second one. It means to consult or inquire. This is what it means, Chris. They that go to God to see what he got to say about it don't lack nothing. Hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes what I lack in my life comes from me operating on my own understanding. So instead of me going to God to inquire and to consult with God and say, do you want me to take this job? Do you want me to marry this person? Do you want me to do that? Lead me all to myself because when I do that, I don't lack nothing. But if I move on my own, I might end up with some stuff. I may end up needing some stuff I don't have. So watch what it says. It says to consult or inquire. They that, 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 that consult with God or inquire of God don't lack anything. Number three, to demand or make claim. I like that one right there, Josh. I like that one a lot. It says, for they that seek the Lord lack no good thing. For they that go to God and make a demand or a claim on what's already theirs. Glory to God. You see it now, Chris? It's not me going to God and saying, God, I don't have. It's me going to God and saying, God, you do have. It is me going to the, it, it is me being the older son in the prodigal son story, but going to my dad and saying, I don't want to wait to kill the fattened calf. I think I'm hungry right now. Yeah. And because you have it, I, 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 I have access to it. So I may claim on what's mine being your child. It should shift our prayer lives. It should change us in saying, God, we beg and Lord, please help us, Lord God, we got so much going on. It should say, God, you said in your word that you are wisdom unto us, and now I access that wisdom, Lord God. I expect to know what to do, how to do it. I expect for you to give me direction, Lord God. I expect to have my need met, Lord God. I thank you that your riches in glory are now accessible by me. I give you glory for that. I know, Lord God, that you have been, that David wrote that I've been young and I've been old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Now, Lord God, I thank you for making sure that I don't beg bread. I thank you for making sure that I don't go without. I am now making a demand or a claim on it. But I like the last one, to reckon and compare. Watch what it says. 
It says this. They that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. They that compare the Lord don't lack nothing. Watch this. This is what it's saying. That I have in one hand my need. And when I take my need and I compare it to God, I realize it ain't all that. When you take God and compare him to what you think you need, you begin to realize that he is the supplication of that. He is the provider of that. He is the fulfiller of that. And now when I'm coming, see the problem has been, I've only been looking at the need. I haven't been comparing the two. I haven't been looking at, i only been looking at, I need this, Lord God. I haven't been looking at, Lord, you are this, and now I don't need that no more, because if I got you, I got that. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Glory to God. You see what I'm saying, Kevin? So I don't say I need strength when I compare God to, to the weakness. When I look at the weakness, I keep saying I need strength. When I look at the weakness, I keep saying I need strength. But when I look at God and I look at the God, God is living in me, the greatest he that is in me, I begin to look at the weakness and I begin to realize that I am the strong. That's why he can say, let the weak say, that's who I'm in covenant with. That word covenant meant this. Come here, sweetheart. Come here, come here for a minute. We're in covenant. And because we're in covenant, we like to think that marriage is you making me happy. That's not the primary goal and focus of marriage. Marriage is this. Marriage is a covenant agreement. And a covenant is designed to fulfill weaknesses, to strengthen weaknesses. I married somebody because I was weak in certain areas. And because I have weaknesses of paying attention to detail, because I like to jump out and get stuff going, and I don't spend time paying attention to detail, and I might take off running with an idea, but I have somebody that'll grab hold to me and say, hold up, hold up, before we take off, we need to look at this, and we need to look at that, and we need to pay attention to this, and we need to pay attention to that. Because in covenant, I fulfill and she fulfills one another needs to strengthen the weaknesses. The same thing is true with God. That the areas that I'm weak in, I become strong because of who I'm in covenant with. And because I'm in covenant with God, when I take my covenant partner and compare it to what I need, I realize I don't lack nothing. Amen. Glory to God. That's good right there. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I got a few more minutes. Come on, let's look at another scripture. Exodus 14. Turn there, turn there. This is what God is doing tonight. This is what God is doing. God is trying to develop in you a consciousness of having what you need. I call it this, Minister Ingrid. I call it a I don't lack nothing mindset. I don't lack nothing mindset. My wife likes to have a saying. My wife says this when she's counseling people, especially women. If money was not an option, it was not an, um, was not an object. If money wasn't a problem, what would you do? If you had all the money you could possibly have, what would you do, do in life? And that's your purpose right there. If money was not an issue, then what would, what would you do? That's your purpose. And then she'll turn around and say, this, now do it. Do it like money is not an issue. Get started with it. What, what she's saying in so many words is that you have to develop a mindset that I don't lack. The only thing that's stopping you from getting started is the fact that you don't think you have. Glory to God. Exodus 14. Exodus 14. Let's look at a few scriptures. Exodus 14. Turn it real quick. Real quick. Verse 15. 
Watch what it say. Now this is Moses coming up to the Red Sea. And Nakisha, he got Pharaoh behind him. He got Red Sea in front of him. He got mountains on both sides, Lewis. He don't know how he's about to get out. He don't know what he's about to do. The people are complaining. I've been a leader for a long time. I know how I get when everybody starts complaining about it. And now you're the leader. You got to be able to deal with the problem. And Moses is sitting there saying, God, I don't know what to do. And watch what God says in verse 15. Watch what he says. And the Lord said unto Moses, why are you crying to me? That's right there in verse 15. I didn't make that up. That's in your Bible right now. What you mean, why am I crying? I'm crying to you because I need you right now. I'm in the Red Sea. I got a Red Sea in front. I got Pharaoh behind me. I got an army behind me. I got mountains on both sides. We can't outrun them. We can't swim all, all across. And we can't, we can't fight them. God told Moses, why are you crying to me? I thought that was I'm supposed, I'm supposed to do because religion has taught me to go to you and cry about everything that I got going on. And he rebuked Moses about that. He says, why criest thou to me? Why are you crying to me about your problem? And watch what he said. Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Tell them, let's go. Watch this next part, verse 16. But lift up thy rod and stretch forth thy hand over the sea. Well, hold up. Is this the same rod that he had the whole time? Even when he was crying, he already had something in his hand to deal with what he... So you mean to tell me that God had already gave him what he needed to deal with the problem before he even got started on the assignment? He'd been walking around with this rod the whole time. The whole time he had in his hand what he needed to do what God called him to do. But because... You see, sometimes, Kevin, we misidentify what's in our hand. We see it as a stick. When God said, that's what you need to get across this Red Sea. So now he's going to God crying, saying, God, help us. And God saying, why are you crying to me? I know why God is saying that now. God is saying, stop crying to me and use what's in your hand. Use what I already gave you. Somebody say, I got the goods. Good. Let's look at another scripture. Let's look at another one. Second Kings chapter four. Second Kings chapter four. Amen. Sometimes we misidentify what we have. And we become crybabies then, Chris. Look <laughs> what God told him to do with the rock. If you will lift it up. If you stretch forth thy hand. So you have to take what God put in your hand and stretch it over your problem. Glory to God. What did he give Moses? He gave him a rod. David said it this way. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What he's talking about the rod, he's talking about now in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, it was a stick that God anointed and empowered. In the New Testament, it's the word of God glory to God. And God has given us his word and he said this here. Why are you crying to me? Why don't you take what's in your hand, stretch that over your problem and declare that to be so and watch your problem get out of your way. Glory to God. Look at this 2 Kings chapter 4. You got it? Say I got it. Watch verse 1. Now therefore cried a woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha saying, Thy, my, thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the credit is come to take, 
to take my two sons to be bondmen. In other words, her husband owed them money, and then her husband died, and now the man showed up and said, if I ain't got the money, then I'm going to have to take you two boys, and they're going to have to be slaves for me. Verse 2, and Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for thee? What you want me to do? Tell me what you want me to do. That's the mindset the church, the church should have. We should not have a begging mindset. We should not have a mindset about what we don't have. We should have a mindset that is looking to the world and saying, this here, tell me what you need done. Last night, we had one of the classes of HBI to go out on that mission trip. And they were at an um, awesome mission opportunity. Uh, Chris, they went out there to uh, Planet Fitness. And uh, uh, I, it was a great idea because they had a table set up. They were giving away free water. They were giving away the uh, granola bars. They were giving away this stuff, but they were praying for people. And man, they were praying for a lot of people. They were praying for a lot of people. They were ministering to a lot of people. They were dealing with a lot of need. And when we walked up to just check on them, they were working. They were working. That was a real good idea. They were working. They were working. I, I had to jump in. I had to tell them, say, I can't let y'all catch all this fish by yourself. Amen. I got I to gotta give me a pole and get to catch some too. So we jumped in. We started ministering to people. And one lady came up. I'm talking about she just walked up. And, and, and um, I forget her name. But she walked up. And the lady we gave the church information to. She walked up and she said that um, I was a minister. I'm, I'm a minister. I just bagged away from it. And I said, you are? She said, yeah. I said, you bagged away from ministry you bagged away from God? She said, I bagged away from both. And right then, the Holy Spirit began to speak to her. I'm not going to go into the words that he said when I was ministering to her. But it began to speak to her in such a way that her heart began to melt right there. She began to weep and cry and said, and I'm ready to come back now. I'm ready to come back now. He began to speak details about her life that she needed to know, that she needed to respond to. The Holy Spirit began to do that. That's the mindset of the church. The church should be saying, what you need me to do? And watch what Elijah said. And Elijah said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me. And then Elijah said this, what you got in your house? And watch what she said. And she said, the handmaid had not anything in the house except for a pot of oil. That's all I got is a pot of oil. I got some fish grease. Watch verse 3. Then he said, go borrow these vessels abroad of all that of all thy neighbors and empty vessels borrow not a few get as many vessels as you can get verse 4 and when thou art come in and thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy son and thou shalt and shalt pour all pour out into all these vessels that thou shalt set aside that which is full so she went in she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out and it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son bring me yet another vessel in other words, they, they collected all the pots that they can get. He said, what do you have in the house? She said, I don't have nothing but a little pot of oil. He said, all right, go collect as many, as many vessels as you can get, as many pots as you can get, as many containers as you can get. Then I want you to go in there, shut the door, and I want you to start pouring that oil into that pot. And when she poured it in there, she told her son, bring me another one. And he brought another one, and she poured it in there, bring me another one. And she began, I'm talking about she began to fill up. This little pot of oil that she had in her house began to fill up every other vessel that she brought in her house. She was crying about she didn't have something when the whole time what she needed was already in her house. Amen. Somebody said, I don't like nothing. I got the goods. I just need to submit that thing to God so that God can begin to empower it. First John. First John chapter 5. Sometimes in order to get what you need, God is going to use what you already have. First John chapter 5. 
Ooh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. First John chapter 5. How does this apply to the New Testament? As a believer, God began to give me an assignment. You remember the point, right? You remember the point. God has calculated and fulfilled my needs before I started the assignment. Before I got started on the assignment, God had already fulfilled my needs. That's why he says over there in, 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 in Philippians chapter 4, Joshua says this, And my God shall supply all your needs. It, it, no, we like to put an S on that, Lewis. We like to say, my God shall supply all your needs. It, it, it's not plural. It, it, it's singular. And my God shall supply what you need. Singular. Okay, let's talk about what we need. First John chapter 5, verse 13. Look what it says. These things I have written unto you that do what? Believe. That believe. So he wrote this to who? Believe. He wrote that to the believers. Watch what he says. On the name of the Son of God that you might know. He said, I wrote an entire Bible to you. I wrote a letter to you. I wrote a book to you so you can know something. What do you want me to know, Lord? I want you to know that you have eternal life. I wrote a book to you so that you can know what you already have. Yeah. That word testament meant covenant. Another word, the, another word that the word testament means is will. It means will. A testator is a person that leaves a will. So watch this. God calls this the New Testament or the New Covenant or the New Will. This is my will being expressed. I no longer want to be with you. I want to be in you. I no longer want to be on you. I want to be in you. I want to put you back into the place that Adam fell from. A place where you don't know lack because I'm in you. A place where you begin to compare me to what you need and realize that what you need you already have in me. Glory to God. You see it now? So watch what he says. Because you got saved, you got filled with the Holy Spirit, your spirit got reborn, and you got all of that, you don't even know what all you have. So I wrote something to you. I wrote the will to you so that I can give you the will, and you can then find out in the will what you already have. Glory to God. When he was writing about the fruit of the Spirit, he wasn't telling us stuff that we need. It's in the will. He was saying that you already have. I wrote it to you to let you know that you have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no law. I wasn't telling you that you need love, that you need to go get love, and that you need, because, Miss Cheryl, you'll, you'll spend all your days praying and pursuing something that you already have. And God is saying, oh, listen, you can't even fulfill your assignment and bring people into this kingdom and destroy the enemy's kingdom. You can't even go out here to sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper because you don't think you have what you need to do this stuff. You can't even give to people because you keep looking at your bank account. Listen, I don't have a check on me. I wish I did. If it, you, got a, you got no check. We ain't got no check. All right. Well, I, I wish I had a check. Y'all I mean, do you know if I gave you a check, HBI, I, I, I give the employees check. So, so when, when, when I write a check, when we print a check, at the bottom of that 
that check is going to have a memo that I can state what the check is for. It's going to have a, a line for me to have my signature on it. You got it? But then it's going to have two sets of numbers. It's going to have a routing number and an account number. Whose number is that? That's my number. If I'm writing a check, that's my routing number and my account number, right? I want to show you what God did. God gave you a blank check with his signature on it, but you keep looking at your routing number and account number to cash it. God said, no, this is not going to get fulfilled from your account. I wrote the check. It came from my account. My riches in my book. I'm trying to tell you how to get rid of lack out of your mind that I don't lack anything because I have what I need. To say I don't have is to say God is not. My time is up. My time is up. So, when you, Kevin, give me some salt. My time is up. So, when you, when you have the will, this is the will. Somebody say that's the will. He wrote the Bible to me so that I can know what I have. But if you're reading the will, this is what happened. If something happened, um, if all of us were brothers and sisters in the same family, if something happened to our father, then what they would do, we would have to meet with a legal authority, someone that is authorized to reveal the will. You got it? A little lower, Kevin, if you would. I mean, we'd have to reveal the will. We'd have to reveal what's going on in the will because we just can't open it and read it and say, well, daddy left me the land. No, we need somebody in legal authority to declare that that's what was left to you. That's what God gave to you. That's what God, that's what God left you. That's what your daddy left you. Somebody say it's in the will. Turn to first, first Corinthians chapter two. Turn it, turn it. First Corinthians chapter two. Man, it's been good tonight. Glory to God, it's been good tonight. Hallelujah. To say that I don't have it, to say God is not. You can fill in the blank. You can write that. To say that I don't have blank is to say God is not blank. Hallelujah. Watch what it says. Now remember, I just can't read the wheel on my own. A legal representative would have to reveal the wheel, right? Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Verse 12. Now we have received. Circle that word received in your Bible. Write this down somewhere. Believers are receivers. Hallelujah. You're not just a believer. You don't have a two-fairy type of faith. I hope I get it. No, believers are receivers. Watch this, Josh. It says, for now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, read that next part, that we might know the things that are freely. Listen to what God just said. God said, I wrote you a will. You call it a Bible, but I wrote it to you to reveal to you who you are and what I left you. What's your inheritance? What you already have? 
but you can't read your will on your own. It has to be a legal representative to reveal it. That's what my Holy Spirit is. He is the revealer of the will. He is the one. You can't know what you already have. But if you find out what you already have, you'll have confidence to do what God called you to do. But you can't know what you already have without your Bible and without the Holy Ghost. You can't know it without the Word of God, without the Holy God's only way of letting you know what you already have is going to be through His Word and through His Spirit. So that's why I spend time in the Word right there, Chris. I need to know what I got. I got the goods. I need to know that because I will never step out and do what God called me to do until I first know that I have what I need. And the point again is God has calculated and fulfilled my need before I started the assignment. Glory to God that's good right there. I got about five more scriptures. I'm going to stop right there. Amen. Come on and give God some praise. Amen. My time is for <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's good to see you, Dr. Netta. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Right there. I want you to get that in your spirit. Come on, say it with me. Declare out loud with me. I declare today that I am an heir of this kingdom. God is my father. I declare today, according to the word, I lack no good thing. I have everything I need in my spirit. I have what I need in my mind. I have what I need in my body. I have what I need because I have God. And today, I make a decision to access my heavenly account in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on and give God some praise. Amen. I'm going to share, I'm going to share a quick testimony with you. We were, uh, we were riding to... Uh, church today and my wife uh my wife went today and, and, and got her nails and her, and her toes done I, mean, I like pretty hands pretty feet so she went and got her nails and her toes done amen but she went and got her nails and her toes done so when she was leaving out i was sitting on the couch studying and she was leaving out of the house she said i'm gonna go get my nails and my uh, feet done and i said okay i said hold up you don't need no money or anything she was like no i'm good and she left so when she got back we were riding to church and, and i said uh I said, which account did you uh how did you pay for the uh your nails done? Did you did you use this account? And she said, no, I just used the money that we have, that I the cash that I have. She said, I keep forgetting that we have that account. I keep forgetting money in that account. She keep forgetting that there's money in that account. I'm not saying in the battle, I'm just saying that that's how we are majority of the time. That God has spoke something in our spirit and we don't even get started with starting on it and getting started because we can't forget that it's money and an account that we are attached to. His routing number is at the bottom. His account number is at the bottom. And his account is not lacking. I got the good news. Amen. Amen. Are there any special needs here tonight? Anybody have any special practice? Good to see you here, brother. Amen. Any special needs tonight? Anybody? You got something? What we got? Glory to God. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands. Come on, first lady. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Here, Jenna. Put on this rope. Now in the name of Jesus. 
Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus for the virtue of the Holy Ghost. Now we release into his body the healing power of Jesus. We drive off all ailments, all illness, the soreness of throat. And in Jesus' name do we declare today that this body is whole. Be healed now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Get that simple, brother. Get that simple. Amen. Amen. You know, many times when we pray for the sick, God, we're praying to we're praying to get something for them instead of release something to them. Amen. I got the goods. Hallelujah. That's what God is saying. God is saying that. Amen. Are there any other prayer needs? Anybody? Well, glory to God. Come on, give God a hand of praise if you need. It's giving time if you need a title or an offering envelope. Lift your hand up real high. If you're giving your seed by debit card or credit card, you can go to the finance room in the back and we will receive. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Kevin, I got the goods. Say, when am I going to get some songs on? See, that should be a funk song right there. That should make Kevin walk that bass up on that. I got the goods. Glory to God. That's all Donna Lewis do, say. All he do is listen to Bill Winston. He come to church. Bill Winston preach. And he and he do a whole CD off the series. You know how many series you, you leave it without? You leave it on the table. Come on. Come on, man. I need you to write these songs. I need you to, uh, to, 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 to get them out there. I need you to make millions off of it. Yeah. I need you to do that. I need you to tie up there when you make the millions. I'm messing with you, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hey, man, I'm messing with you. Kind of, amen. Glory to God. Don't go make no millions. Say, you've been here for eight years. <laughs> hey, man, I ain't got nothing against Joel Osteen. You, but you want to go make millions, then you want to go tie it over there. You've been here for eight years. Bring that money back. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. That's my guy. Amen. You need a tie or an offering envelope. Lift up your hand. Let's see you really moving around. Man, this was good tonight. Chris, some of my best messages, man, be when I don't have that many people around. Man, I'd be like, man. When I, then when you do your best singing. Amen. Amen. Woo! What song is that, Kevin? I got the good. That ain't it. Amen. Can't the day of yours? Yeah. Amen. Well, you know how we close out. You know how we close out. Let's get two or three people to share what they got out of the word. What stood out to you? What was good? I already know what I'm going to say. Anybody else? We got one right here. We got two right here. We got three right here. Glory to God. Go ahead, Kevin. All right. So um, this was so good. I put it on Facebook. Pull away from it just a little bit. Is this better? All right, so uh, when you stated earlier that uh, God already fulfilled the need before he gave you the assignment. Yeah. So that really stuck out to me. Amen. Glory to God. And, okay. My, uh, when you said it at the end, just to say that I don't have is to say that God is not. So that's to say that he's not a healer. That's to say that he's not a provider. That's to say that he's not everything that we need. So that was just awesome to me. 